If you've raised young kids in the age of smartphones, smart tablets, smart watches, you might have seen them become transfixed by those rectangles of light. It can be an effective way to get a moment of quiet. But Shelby, you've been investigating some of the impacts that screen time might be having. Yes. And at the risk of alarming parents, it turns out screens aren't just a harmless tool. So I wanted to find out what families can do to limit or at least avert some of those potential harms. I love, Shelby, that you've done a bit of gonzo journalism here too. Here's the story. I'm going to go to Balloon Pop. That sounds fun. I'm aware I'm not exactly the target user for this app. There's a storm. But I was curious to find out what's capturing the attention of the kids I've seen toddling around with smartphones in their clutches. Some music. I've spoken to parents who've witnessed their kids getting completely sucked into games like this one, almost like they're in a trance. I will admit it's a little overstimulating. And if I'm overstimulated, then what's it doing to an impressionable toddler with a developing brain? If you look at a newborn baby who's looking around, they are intently focused on everything that's happening. They spend an enormous amount of mental energy trying to figure out what the rules of the world are. Professor Dimitri Christakis is the Director of Child Health, Behaviour and Development at Seattle Children's Research Institute. The reason I'm speaking to him and playing this children's app is because of a growing pile of research on the repercussions of screen time in early childhood. The overstimulation from watching fast-paced programs directly impacts brain development and leads to deficits in attention. But there are indirect ways in which screens work too. It displaces or they displace other activities that children would be doing that are essential to their development. Increased amounts of screen time leads to reduced physical activity. Mary Bruch is a researcher at the Telethon Kids Institute. And it's reducing the amount of time parents are engaging in parent-child interactions. She's part of a team studying the early years of childhood and their examination of screen time came about in a strange way. The original study when it began was really focused on language exposure and so how much parents are talking to their kids. And the way we were measuring that in our study was through this, the easiest way I like to describe it is it's a Fitbit, but for language. So you know how a Fitbit would count the number of steps you take. This can count the number of words that the child hears and speaks over a whole day. But these Fitbit-like devices weren't just picking up words. They were picking up the distinct buzz of electronic devices. It provided the team with a unique opportunity. They could use the data to find out how much screen time children were really being exposed to. On average, when children are six months old, they're being exposed to over an hour of screen time every day. When kids reach two years of age, that average jumps up to two and a half hours. And you're still getting kids who are being exposed to five, six hours of screen time in a day. We know that what we do for babies early on matters. We know that for tens of thousands of years, that was normal activities. And for the last 20 or 30 or so, we've been exposing infants to a lot of screen time that they weren't previously exposed to. But hold on. What about educational apps and videos? This game is teaching me the ABCs and how to pop balloons. Essential skills for a growing child, right? 
Well, according to Professor Christakis, it's not so clear-cut. You know, decades of research now have shown that children under 18 months of age don't really learn anything from screens. They don't transfer any of that knowledge to the real world. So, for example, if you put a 16-month-old child in front of an iPad with Legos, they can build something on the screen. But if you then give them three-dimensional Legos that look exactly like the ones on the screen, they start all over. They're not able to apply what they learned from the screen to the real world. He cautions parents against treating screens like any other toy. They're not engaging with it that way. It's commanding their attention in a way that no other toy that we know of does. So that alone tells you that there's something unnatural happening. All right, let's try another one. What we've been studying recently is toddler digital addiction, believe it or not. Some of them in particular find the screen so mesmerizing that they won't give it back, that they'll hold on to it in a way they won't hold on to other toys. Match the colours. In other words, kids aren't attached to screens like they're attached to their favourite teddy bear. It's a whole different kind of obsession. The same way Instagram is designed to keep you addicted to the screen, uh, Peg's Parade, if you will, or some other app that's designed for young children is designed to keep them addicted to it. The reality is, screens aren't going away anytime soon. I'm looking at one right now. You probably are too. Which means it's as important as ever to have clear guidelines for parents on how to manage screens in a world dominated by them. Interestingly enough, they actually fall under the 24-hour movement guidelines. So screen time doesn't actually have its own set of guidelines here in Australia. The current guidelines do not suggest any screen time for kids under the age of two. That includes apps and YouTube videos, but also TV. While for kids aged two to five, it's suggested screen time should be limited to one hour or less. So the question is... Is anyone really sticking to these guidelines? There's only about 12% of families that are actually meeting those guidelines. My personal opinion is that I think we need to revisit those guidelines and think about how we can work with parents to come up with something a bit more realistic that still puts you know, the health and development of the child first. And there are other factors at play. Studies show children of all ages from lower socioeconomic backgrounds are spending more time on screens. For some of those families, if, say, their average screen time is, you know, two, three hours when their children are quite young, it's really not realistic to tell them you need to switch off all screens moving forward. That's just not going to happen and and parents are going to switch off and not want to listen to any advice it can be such a challenge to kind of navigate that. So I think we definitely need to provide advice that can be tailored to different types of families. So what would these improved guidelines look like? Can you trace the letter A? One key inclusion would be encouraging parents to take part in screen time. A is for Apple. So kids get a better understanding of how the digital world relates to the outside world watching the TV and the parent kind of being that facilitator or teacher to translate that information, but also finding ways to incorporate what they're watching on the screen into other activities throughout the day. Another suggestion is that parents keep better track of what their kids are watching. If you've kind of just left your child sitting there with YouTube on, you could get five videos down the track and not necessarily know what's playing. 
And finally, when you're not watching the TV, turn it off. For very young children, it's really hard for them to switch attention between two tasks. So if you have a TV on in the background, even if you're trying to do a different activity with your child, their attention is split and they're not really getting the benefit either way. Mary believes these suggestions are more likely to help parents than a hard and fast one-size-fits-all screen time limit. The goal is to guide parents, not guilt-trip them for falling short. We really need to come together more as a community and, and kind of talk more openly about this and share feedback between parents around what is working and what's not working for them and, and hopefully we can get to a place where parents feel a little bit less anxious and scared about what's going on. Mary Brush from the Telethon Kids Institute finishing off that story by you, Shelby Trainer. And for more on screen time, particularly when it comes to the world of gaming, you can check out this week's Australian story Game Changer on ABC iView. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.